Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on ACAST. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. You should send your questions about cleaning or anything else, really, to joliecare at gmail.com. Hey, you guys. It is that time of the year again. Welcome to Laundry School 2018. I can't believe it is already time for laundry school. Braga's just flew right by. Um, But here we are in September, and so it is time to go back to school and talk all about laundry. My guest today to help me kick off this very exciting time of the year is Hannah Kaiser. Did I get that right this time? You did. I freak out every time because I'm like, I'm going to mispronounce her name, and she's going to be so hurt. Um, That's exactly right. Hannah Hannah Kaiser. If you ever call me on the phone, do not call me Hannah Kaiser. It is Hannah Kaiser. (laughs) That's how I know that you're a scam. (laughs) I've never been scammed. My last name is too hard to pronounce. That's actually really good. Um, Hannah is an editor at Munchies, uh, and she is also a great collector of vintage clothing, which is very handy because that is the topic that we are going to use to kick off this year's uh, laundry school curriculum. Very, very excited. Um, Hannah also told, she reminded me that, um, well, I'll just have you tell the people. Well, right. So I, I of course, had to come in for, for vintage clothing laundry school because I own a lot of vintage clothing that I don't wash nearly as much as I probably should because I'm afraid to take it to the laundromat. But I am bummed to have missed Braugast because my formative bra shopping experience actually came with our wonderful podcast host. Uh, you cannot see me right now. You do not know. I am very booby. Uh, I also <laughs> yeah, do work out, so I need sports bras. And like somehow was, I don't know, 27 years old and had no sports bras that I liked. And Jolie would not settle for this, so she took me bra shopping. If you are also very booby, you need to go to Sweaty Betty, where they have sports bras that will fit you. I now have, like, multiples of the exact same kind. I actually do that for my regular bras, too. I'm one of those people who buys, like, three of the one that fits and then just wear it all the time. Good. Well, that's actually the way to go. That's that is um that's one of the things that... um is recommended and that I particularly recommend for um, people with hard to fit sizes that like if you find one that works, just buy it yeah. in a few different colors and, and have backups and like, you know, it works. So like that's going to work for you. And so I think that that's great. And I'm and I'm glad to know that you ended up with more of those. Yes. Um, and this is not an in, this is not like a paid endorsement, although I significantly wish <laughs> that it was. But <laughs> yeah. Sweaty Betty, lovely bras, they fit me and they release new colors. Like every season, I don't know, seasonal colors. So you can buy the same bra like every three months. Yeah. So you colors. feel like you don't have the same bra. Exactly. But you have the same bra because exactly. you know it fits, which is great. Um, listen, that makes me really, really happy. I hope you guys had a great, um, a great bra guest. Uh, and I hope you're excited for laundry school because I know that I am. Uh, before we get into it, I want to remind you that I offer bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool rewards to my premium subscribers. If you would like to help underwrite my show and listen to Chip Chat, by becoming an Ask a Clean Person, the podcast patron, 
Go to patreon.com slash person to help support my show. Uh, you guys, we have so many new patrons to thank. It's the, it's the beginning of the month, so I'm going to do my patron thanks. Um, thank you guys so much. I really, you know, I know I asked a lot in August um, for new patrons and, and kind of was like, it's my birthday month. Take pity on me. Um, but you really came through, and thank you. It makes me um, feel really good. It makes me feel supported. Uh, it does really help my show. I also am thrilled that you guys are loving Chip Chat as much as we are. I am now at the point where my friends, and Hannah is one of them, are asking to come on the podcast. And by the podcast, they actually mean Chip Chat, not Ask a Clean Person. Uh, that is where everybody wants to be. Hannah brought me chips today. And so we are going to be eating the chips that she brought me, which I'm really, really excited about, and a few others that some listeners sent in. Um, I bribed my way onto the she, podcast she, with, she with really chips. Did. She really did. I would have had you anyway because I love you. Um, all right. So let me uh, let me thank all these new patrons. This is like amazing. I can't get over it. Uh, big, big thank yous go out to Lynn Owen Farley, Julie Tharp, Courtney Havens, Fred Paffhausen. Uh, Fred, if you guys remember from our last episode, Fred is our bra bro who wrote in with a tip about using the cooler for your Jolie Care Long Soak. Uh, very excited. Uh, the King of Brabro Mountain. Uh, Twin Peaks. Um, thank you also to Kara Bridges, and Stapleton, Rapitoff, Michaela Ostrom, Andrea Lee, Ann Foreman, Jennifer Mather, Jamie Jones, Vicki Moses, Rebecca Smith, Werner Hedgehog. And then we have a big group of the nicest patrons. These are people who have pledged 269 369 690 you know, the nice patrons. Uh, so so a big nice to Kat Hicks, Emily Edel, Ryan Bruski, Julia Algier, Ruth Ann Woodley, Holly, Betty Gilchrist, Betsy, and Sarah Jenkins. So listen, uh, where are my bra bros at? I, it's all the ladies. <laughs> I guess Bragas was maybe a little uh, skewed towards towards one sex or the other. Um, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. Hope you are loving Chip Chat. Um, I know it's been really, really fun for me and for my guests. Uh, we are not here to talk about potato chips. We are here to talk about vintage clothing. Um, I think probably a lot of you, uh, I hope, saw that I wrote an article for the New York Times earlier this summer all about uh, vintage clothing and that particular smell that it seems like all vintage clothing has. Um, I wanted to find out why all vintage clothing smells the same, why you can go into a vintage clothing shop in California, in Mississippi, in Massachusetts, in Great Britain, and it's going to smell the same. And so I did a sciency deep dive into why, and I found out, and in some ways I wish I hadn't found out. I also <laughs> wish you hadn't found out. <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that headline. I was like, this is, this is, couldn't be more tailored to me. I knew it was you instantly. I was so excited to click and read. And then I think I like tweeted that. I was like, I wish you had not done this. This is horrible. Now I know I smell like dead people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, the answer uh, to, to why all vintage clothes have that particular smell um, is because that smell is the smell of us uh, as people, which in a way is comforting because really we are all the same. Um, it is discomforting however to think about the fact that your clothes smell like another person who you don't know and and who as hannah said may very likely be dead uh we will not think too too long on that one um but i am going to talk a little bit about that article and um and some of the weird stuff that came out of it let me first have hannah uh read our question um from mike mike 
We got a dude vintage shopper. Yes, we sure do. All right. Mike asks, hi, Jolie. Here's a question for you about dank old clothes. I sometimes moonlight in the vintage clothes business. It often involves encountering clothes that look awesome, but bring a powerful smell that won't always come out in a normal wash cycle. Specifically, it's this certain scent that evokes years or maybe decades spent in moldy, smoke-filled basements getting pissed on by cats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that sounds like we have two smells. Other times it won't be as bad when they're, I guess, are not cats, but there's this other more subtle yet equally persistent odor, which I just call grandma smell. Something sort of musty with notes of feline dust and faded perfume. The internet has told me that white vinegar is a thing that should help here, but I either wasn't using it right or it didn't work. Any tips? Yes, I have tips. Uh, but first, I'm going to gross you guys out a little bit and I'm going to talk about. Um, some more descriptors that we could use for that particular vintage <laughs> smell. I think Mike got a lot of them, right? M- musty, the the cat urine one comes up a lot. Um, a lot of times because clothes do actually smell like old cat urine in, in particular. And cats love to pee on piles of clothes. That's true. You know this because you have a cat. Also suitcases. And suitcases. They really love the suitcases. They really love suitcases. Do you have an episode about that? Because I need that. I, actually, I, I, I oh, indeed okay. do. I <laughs> indeed do. Um, and actually, um, there's... There's beautiful old um, Sam Woolley art illustrating a cat oh. sitting inside. They uh, always do. Yeah, sitting inside the... Um... I like to think it's because they love me so much and they hate the suitcase. They know what it means. Well, in a way it is. It's it's because you're, they're they're punishing you for leaving right. them. Um, you can think of it as because they love you so much. <laughs> I could think of it as because they're just incredibly evil. Um, they're petty is what they are. They are. They're very pettish. Um, okay, let's let's go back to these, uh, these notes. Um, that uh, describe the vintage smell. So when I was doing this article for the New York Times, um, I actually was able to send a bundle of vintage clothes that I purchased uh, out to um, be tested at the labs at Procter & Gamble. Um, The labs at Procter & Gamble actually have a machine that they can put clothes into that they they do all of these science-y things, um, and they basically extract all of the odor molecules in any given garment, and they can analyze those individual molecules. And so what they were able to do was they they did this testing for me on this bundle of vintage clothing that I sent out. And they sent back a report for me, um, a lot of which was was very sciencey and and almost impossible for a human like me to parse, um, which in fact, even in the article, like I quoted one of like the sections of the report, which described how they did the testing. And then I, I can't believe my editor actually let me get away with this. I was like, did you guys get all of that? Yeah, me neither. Here's what it means. Basically, they put everything in a Ziploc bag, like a science Ziploc bag, <laughs> and they like extracted some stuff out of it. Um, but what they did put in human terms for me, which was both fascinating and incredibly disgusting, um, were descriptors of each of the odor molecules that oh, they wow. pulled out. Um, and there were a lot of them. Um, most of them came <clears throat> from body soils. So the, the vast majority of odor molecules that they were pulling out of these samples were body soils. So sweat, dead skin, sebum, body odor. Um, the, other, the other makeup of odor molecules that were coming out were environmental. So they, um, they were things like um, petroleum smell, like food smell. And um, 
what the analysts at PNG said was basically you can you can almost paint a picture of somebody's life and how these clothes were worn. It might have been someone who worked with cars or who lived in a city where there's a lot of exhaust, which would explain the petroleum smell. It could have been someone who was a big home cook or who worked in a kitchen or restaurant, um, which would explain the food odor. So it was really fascinating. Um, that makes the idea of wearing somebody else's clothes sound so much more romantic. It does until you get to this part, which is... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Which is uh, some some of the odor descriptors that um, that accompanied the compounds were as follows: sweet, sour, oily, herbal. Okay, like those aren't so bad, right? Fatty. Mm. All right, a little scary, but meh, whatever. Whiskey, nutty, cheesy, sweaty. Oh no. Stinky feet. Stinky feet is an odor. Oh. Fermented. <laughs> Bready. <laughs> Bready. How these people took the beautiful Ugh. word bread, this beautiful thing, and turned it into something so disgusting. Bready. Yeah. We all, my my editors and I were just all screaming over that one. If you're like, yeah, you don't want to smell bready. Unless yeah. unless you actually bake bread, you don't, you don't want to smell, smell bready. bready. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so that so that's some of the background of it. Um, if you guys want to go find this article, um, I will retweet it out when um, when this episode is posted, but it's called Getting to the Bottom of Thrift Store Smell, and it was published on June 21st, 2018. So you can go read that. And um, it was it was interesting, and it was it's a little different for me because um, it was a repeat, reported feature um, as opposed to, like, my – I wasn't the expert, actually, in this. But at the end of the article, I did give – I did lend some expertise to this issue, and I gave some advice – and here is the advice that I'm going to give to Mike and to all of you listening. And then I gave it in the New York Times. So this is what to do about vintage clothing smells. So first thing, if the garment is machine washable, which it probably will be unless it is heavily embellished with beading or fringe um, or unless it is made of a, um, a fabric like silk, like rayon viscose that doesn't love water, pretty much every other type of fabric is going to be um, either machine or hand washable. And so you will want to wash it. Uh, that is that is probably not a great surprise to most of you. What might be quite surprising for you guys is that what you don't really want to do with something that is um, primarily an odor issue in a garment is you don't want to take it to the dry cleaner. And I'm going to get to that in just one second. Let me give you your washing instructions. Washing instructions are this. You want to wash in cold water. These are actually going to sound very similar to the instructions that I give when I talk about your gym gear. And they should sound similar because basically what you're talking about is laundering garments that have taken on a strong odor. Right. Getting right. the humanness out of <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> getting the breadiness out of <laughs> <laughs> um, So you want to use cold water um, and you want to dry either in a, in a low heat drying setting or air dry. Um, if you air dry and you have the ability to do it, line drying is really great to do because the combination of both fresh air and sunshine are a great natural deodorizer. Not everyone has a setup to be able to dry outdoors, um, but if you do, definitely consider it, especially when you're talking about uh, vintage items that, that could stand um, for a little extra uh, deodorizing. Airing Oops. out. Yeah, exactly. Um Great idea to use an odor eliminating detergent. Now, obviously, because I sent the vintage garments for testing out to Procter and Gamble, one of the suggestions that they had was to use Tide Sport, which is their um, 
they're detergent that's really formulated to be extra powerful on odors. Uh, it is very, very good, and that is a great option, but I actually think that there is something better to use. Um, so the thing that I think is much, much better to do, and actually, Hannah, you brought me some vintage clothing to wash, and this was what I used we on, hand washed it. On, your, on your vintage clothing, was I used good old Dr. Bronner's. This is the first I'm hearing of the fact, do I need to own more than one kind of de- detergent? Oh, God. I mean, you don't need to, but why wouldn't you want to? How many detergents do you own? Hannah, how much time do we have? I mean, I need to go home and do a whole inventory of my of my current oh, man. Setup. I, so if I if I buy the sport stuff to get the odors out, can I use it on my normal clothes? Yes, too? Okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You really only need one detergent. You don't need specialty detergents. Um, and I've written about that before. And I actually think um, I have my laundry school stuff planned out, but I think that there's probably a way for me to wedge um specialty detergent a discussion of specialty detergents into one of the episodes so i'll i'll see if i can fit that in um but i definitely have written about it there's actually an article if you guys are interested in the topic there's definitely an article that i wrote for racked a couple years ago where i talked about specialty detergents and if you need one um actually that i believe was pegged to bra washing Ah. yeah I actually um, do own that. I do own like the little lingerie wash. It like smells all florally. Yeah, it's I mean nice. it's kind of fun they, to have. Do they like give you a little sample size for free if you buy your bras from Journal? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh. Um. So yeah. So I think Dr. Bronner's is really the best thing to use. Dr. Bronner's can be used both for hand washing and in the machine. If you go to the Dr. Bronner's website, they have what they call their dilution cheat sheet. Um, which will tell you exactly how much Dr. Bronner's to dilute in water to use as detergent for both regular washing machines and for HE machines, because you want to use a lot less than an HE machine. Um, But Dr. Bronner's is great. You can use any of the scents. They also make an unscented one. Um, So if you prefer fragrance-free detergents, the unscented Dr. Bronner's is great. Um, but you can use any scent you want. I have the rose scent just because I like it. The peppermint one is great. Lavender is great. They're all wonderful. Dr. Bronner's. Love, love, love. Um, one other thing about products. When you're talking about um, eliminating odors in both your athleisure and your vintage clothing, avoid using fabric softener. Um, fabric softener, both the liquid stuff and the dryer sheet stuff, can leave a coating on the fibers that will trap odors in. Okay. Um, that leads us to the next thing, which is sometimes, especially when you're talking about vintage clothing that maybe hasn't been cared for in the, in the ideal way, which is really why those, those odors are on there because they haven't, the fibers haven't gotten fully cleaned of body oil, sweat, sebum, all of that dead skin, all of that good stuff. It's lingering in the fibers. Um, sometimes you just need to wash something twice to really fully get the fibers clean, of the bacteria that's causing the odor in the first place. So if you've got a particularly smelly vintage item, just run it through two wash cycles and and then dry it. And that'll that'll do the trick for you. Um, now, our letter writer asked about the white vinegar thing. Like he was like, I used white vinegar, but maybe I didn't do to use enough. Maybe I didn't do it right, whatever it is. Um, white vinegar is actually a great odor neutralizer. And I'm surprised it didn't work, but maybe that you didn't use enough. Maybe that you just didn't uh, use it in the right way. Um, the way to use it for eliminating odors, you know, again, both in your bath leisure, your vintage stuff, um, is to put a half a cup for sort of a regular size load um, into the rinse cycle. 
So you want to add it at the end. The rinse cycle is at the very end of the cycle. Um, the way that you'll do that is um, by adding it, by putting it into the um, compartment that's intended for liquid fabric softener. That compartment will automatically dispense whatever is in it during the rinse cycle. So whether that's liquid fabric softener or uh, white vinegar. Now, obviously, I've just said in the case of vintage stuff, don't use the fabric softener. Actually, just generally don't use the fabric softener. Uh, you guys know I hate that shit. Um, I have, oh, you guys, during laundry school, one of my guests loves fabric softener. Oh. And he and I are going to duke it out. Contentious. Yeah, he and I are going to duke it out, which I'm very excited about. He also happened to be the editor on the vintage story. So, like, you know, it's like, it's it's an editor who I, like, love, love, love. And I'm so excited. We have a great, super funny relationship. And so I'm really, really excited to have him come and and fight with me about (laughs) fabric softener. Um, But literally, like, I was just in the office last week and he told me, he's like, I love fabric softener. I was like, Alan, no, no. Um. So, yeah, one last thing as we're talking about fabric softener to mention about the use of the white vinegar. White vinegar actually serves as a natural fabric softener. So if you want to get away from the commercial stuff, um, but you find that your clothes are, you know, not as soft as you'd like them to be, try the white vinegar. Um, Can I spring a vintage clothing scent question on you that you're not prepared for? Yeah. So. I was thinking about this when I was reading that question, which is that I have a particular vintage store in my teeny tiny adorable hometown, which I'll be visiting this weekend. I'm probably buying some vintage stuff from where everything smells like the incredibly strong, I don't know, perfume Perfume. or whatever it is that's of the store. Yeah. And for clothing, I can usually get it out. I think think that's what it was when I brought you that adorable little like lace bolero thing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I buy accessories from them, yeah. and they also smell like perfume. Like somehow it has gone into the like purses. Yeah. How can I clean those? Yeah. Good. Um, I love that question because I actually did address that in the Times article. Um, so uh, which is good because I can just mention again that like you guys can go and find this resource. But easy, 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 easy thing, especially for you because you already have a cat. Bury it in clean kitty litter. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yay. Like 48 hours and clean kitty. Like if it's a, if it's like a small, like, and I think this was the example, like even the Times article, um, like a lot of times people buy like those little beaded clutches from vintage stores. Um, you can put those right into a Ziploc with the kitty litter and just seal it up. Um, you just want to, you just want to seal it is the thing. Right. So that, yeah. But How yeah. long? Uh, like 48 hours. Okay. A week if it's like really, really strong. Yeah. You can also always take it out, smell it, and see if it's... That's true. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, good. I'll send you All pictures right. of whatever I buy this weekend. Good. Oh, I'm very excited. Well, let's look on this happy note. Uh, this is a good time to take a quick break. Hannah and I will be right back with more about your vintage clothing. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Kerr, and I'm joined by Hannah Kaiser. We've been talking about vintage clothes. We have uh, another question, and I'm excited about this one because I get to tell like a really, really, really nice story. Yay. All right. Uh, Kelly writes, subject, vulva-like stains on vintage tablecloth. And then there's like a little emoji face, and I think it's blowing a kiss, which I dislike. <laughs> Jolie. My grandmother's tablecloth was stained in storage. My best guess is that it's ink from a cardboard box that got wet. I have no nostalgic ties to it. I believe that's the tablecloth and not the cardboard box. But it seems like a shame to toss it. They are meant to get dirty after all. I think it's linen. I tried soaking it with Dawn, but it didn't budge. Thank you, Kelly. Where's the vulva part? <laughs> the vulva part was that she sent a picture to show me. Oh, did she? And it did look like a vulva. Oh, wow. But, like, I had to, like, I had to, like, include the subject line because, like, I always want you guys to be referencing vulvas in your <laughs> in your letters to me. It was so funny to me. And they really did look like I so appreciate her commitment to, like, correct terminology for the anatomical <laughs> board. Like, most people would say this is a vagina stain, but not Kelly. Kelly yeah, knows that the right. vagina stain would just look like a tube. <laughs> Very good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, yeah. So listen, I have, um, I, I love getting to answer this particular question because, um, it lets me recommend a product that, um, I, I really, really, really love. And it's a small company and it makes me really happy when I can like recommend a product that's not only really great, but is made by a smaller company and they're very, very grateful for it. Um, I also like have, a couple of great success stories about this product that are just really, really happy. Um, before I get into it, let me first say, when you've got, so when we talk about vintage stuff, we, we tend to have two, two different problems with them. We have the odor issue, and then we have staining and age issues. Um, those two things are, are, they do tend to be treated in a, in a very, very different way, um, which leads me right around to this thing that I want to quickly say about dry cleaning. Dry cleaning is not great on odor elimination. Dry cleaning is excellent at stain removal, though. Excellent at stain removal. Dry cleaning is probably way better at stain removal than wet cleaning. So what, what happens in a washing machine is wet cleaning, right. water. What happens in a dry cleaning machine is that they're using solvents. That's why it's called dry. The machines actually look very similar. A washing machine and a dry cleaning machine look really, really similar. And it, the solvent is wet too, right? It's, I, it's 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 wet in the same way that um, gasoline is wet. Okay. Um. So there's no water in it, but it's liquid. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it shouldn't really be called dry cleaning. It should be called solvent cleaning. But it's called dry cleaning. Um. So certainly, the dry cleaner is one great option when you're talking about stains vintage items. Not really going to touch smells though. Um, another option that's always out there for you guys is the long oxy soak, the old, the old jo Jolie Care long oxy soak. OxyClean is a great product. The thing is, is that there's another long soak product that I often recommend for whites in particular. That's the Cascade method, the kept powdered um, dishwasher detergent. Oh, I've used that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here's the jammy jam with vintage stuff, especially. And I, you know, I know this this tablecloth in question isn't sentimental, but a lot of tablecloths really, you know, Granny's old tablecloth, right? Very sentimental. Um, both, definitely the Cascade, and to a lesser extent, 
the OxyClean, the oxygenated bleaches can be a little harsh. So if you've got something that's very delicate, I would not, I would not use those products. But they, but they're out there and they're an option. The product that I really am excited to talk to you guys about, and I am so excited. I always get excited when I get to talk about this one. Um, is a product called Angleside Restoration. I'm going to spell Angleside for you. It's E-N-G-L-E-S-I-D-E. It is made here in the USA. It's out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, They also have um, another similar product that they make called Quilt Wash, which makes a lot of sense if you think about Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's Amish country. Um, In my family, I know we have a lot of quilts from Lancaster. We do. Yeah. We Um, had a big one that hung on my wall. And then a little version of that exact one that hung on my wall, which was my baby blanket, which I still sleep with today. Oh, your blankie. <laughs> it is my blankie. Your Sometimes blankie. Jake will say, is blankie a boy or a girl? And I'll be like, blankie's a blankie. Why are you asking me these kinds of questions? <laughs> blankie transcends gender. <laughs> like, do not define my blankie in these binary terms. That's funny because Teddy is definitely a guy. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah. And he's like, he's my, <laughs> he's my man. He's my main man. Like, the, when there are people in my when there are romantic people in my life, like they get told early on, like this is my bear. He came before you love me, love my bear. (laughs) And do they? For the most part, if they want to stick around. Yeah. Oh man, we got to do like, there was one who I almost married actually who had, who felt very jealous of Teddy. Oh no. Um, Rightfully so. Well, I didn't marry him and Teddy's still around, so maybe. Um, that, maybe that's a chip chat discussion. You're going to have to do like a, a cleaning cleaning your like sleepy animals yeah. and blankets. I actually did that um, years ago on Deadspin. Um, oh. And it was a question from a guy. Like I deliberately was like, I'm like, I'm running and I'm running this on the dude site. And it was a stuffed whale named Tide. Oh. And <laughs> it was really cute. And like. The comments were amazing because all of these guys came out of the woodwork and were like, tell, one of them told this story about his mom throwing away his teddy bear when he was like a tween and he's like never recovered from it. Oh, and you I never like, do. I was like, your mother's a monster, by the way. <laughs> like, we once had to turn the car around because my little brother forgot puppy and we were like oh, driving to grandma's yeah. house. And we were like, we, I remember being on the highway and making the like conscious cost benefit analysis of you being like this whole weekend will be so much worse if we don't turn around now and add like three hours to our drive yep. and just like get him the puppy. Yeah. I, I listen. I feel that. I Teddy, Teddy comes everywhere with me. Um, so this actually, I'm real glad that came up because actually this, this product, Angleside Restoration, would be a great thing to use if you have a, a beloved blankie or a beloved stuffed animal or something that, you know, is just like the most, pro- like I would, I would die if something happened to Teddy. Um, I would not want, I just would not go on living. Like that would be the end of it for me. We had cleaning Uh, people come to our house recently. When I went back, I couldn't find blankie. (gasps) And I went through our trash cans out in the alley because I was afraid that they had thrown blankie away. And they had not. Blankie had fallen behind the bed. Okay. But. Okay. Oh my God. I had like a moment. I like that crazy person going through the trash in the alleyway. (laughs) And I was like. Listen, I understand this completely. I understand this completely. Um. So, uh, Angleside would be great for cleaning these beloved things. It's very gentle. Um, you can, uh, and it, do, it doesn't cost a ton. I think it's about 10 or $12 um, for a canister. I'm going to tell you guys how to use it. The instructions are on their website, and it's on the, um, it's on the jar, the canister. Uh, very, very easy. It's basically a long soak. 
Um, so what you're going to do, it's a two, they recommend a two-parter. So they recommend doing a pre-soak in which you take three scoops of the restoration um, per gallon of warm water. So if you have a very large item that needs more than a gallon of water to be fully submerged, you want to just do that math and level up. But probably a gallon should be fine for m- like small, most small items, um, like, a, like a single item of clothing. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to soak that for 15 to 20 minutes, dump that first batch of water, gently press out as much of the, the soaking liquid as you can, but not, not a ton. Um, and then you're going to do a second round of soaking. Um, so step two is, you're, again, you're going to dilute three scoops per gallon of warm water, and you're going to soak the item for six to eight hours. At the end of the soaking, you're going to rinse it very, 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 very well. Um, and then you're either going to lay it flat to dry or hang it to dry, depending on what the item is. And that's all there is to it. It's very, very easy. Um, this product is, as far as I'm concerned, a miracle. The first time, the reason that I recommend it so highly and so confidently is that the first time I recommended it to someone, um, it was someone who had a vintage wedding dress that, um, had been her grandmother's that she wanted to wear and it yellowed with age and she used the angle side restoration and the dress looked brand new. She sent me before and after pictures. The story wow. of this dress is in my book. Um, subsequent to that, I have recommended it to other brides who have written to me um, with sim- doing with similar things. There was one bride actually who this was so cool. Um, she was wearing her grandmother's wedding dress for the wedding. And then she was changing into her mother's like, Seven white seventies jumpsuit. Oh no! I wish I was that daughter. I know, I want right? That. So that was her reception outfit. Oh. Yes. Um, and both of them had yellowed, and so she used the restoration on both the the dress and the jumpsuit, and they they came out beautifully. She sent me pictures. She was so excited about it. Like it was really great. And then I have over the years heard from a number of brides who have used this particular product. On vintage wedding dresses, um, some of them also have used it on their new wedding dresses that, that they wanted to sell. Um, and so that's been great, too. And it's really, really nice for me. And, and partly they, they found out about it because I believe I had probably written a column about it, but it's definitely in the book. Um, and then I've also recommended it um, to people who have asked me about um, basically exactly what this question was, like my grandmother's vintage tablecloth needs blah, blah blah and i've recommended this product over and over and over again for all of these kinds of uses every single person who has tried it has written back to tell me how well it oh, works that's wonderful so i i lo- i just love 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 to recommend this product because i've had so many success stories and success stories about items that are important you know i mean this isn't just saving like a pit stained tea. This is, these are wedding dresses. These are table linen. Like these are, these are family heirlooms. Um, the other really nice thing that happened right after my book came out was that Angleside actually got in touch with me. Um, apparently I forget. It may have been, um, either, either it was because I mentioned it when I was on Fresh Air with Terry Gross or that it came out in an article that I did with the New York Times, an interview that I did with the Times when my book came out. I think it was the Times. Um, I apologize. I don't remember this. It was it was four years ago, which is wild to think about now. Yeah. Uh, actually, four and a half years ago. Um, um, and they saw a big uptick in 
in orders. And they like sort of went and figured out why. And they sent me this lovely email and they were just like, we just wanted to say thank you. You know, we're a small company. This was a big deal for us. Like, well, it was just really, I was, I was so touched and so blown away um, that they took the time to say, where can I buy it? Um, so basically you want to just go to their website, which is Angleside. I think it's Angleside.com or Angleside If you just Google Angleside, um, restoration, it'll come right up. Um, and you can buy it right from their website and they're great. And I love the products. And that is such a happy note for us to end this episode on. That is a happy note. How fast did this go? I went really fast. See, I turned it right around from Bready. <laughs> and then I had to go mention Bready. Uh, Speaking of Bray, let's oh, go she, eat some yeah, chips. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go eat some chips. Yeah, I'm excited to try the ones that you bought. I'm Thank hungry. you for bringing chips. Um, yeah, so you guys, on that note, that'll do it for this episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. If you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash Person and selecting one of the amazing rewards I'm offering to my listeners. I would also love it if you would subscribe on Acast or iTunes, leave a rating, and tell your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. And, of course, thanks to my listeners for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.